Hey, welcome to the Juice Bar Experts podcast, where we are going to give you tips, tools, strategies for launching a new juice bar or scaling and increasing the profitability and efficiency in your existing juice bar. I'm your host, Andrew McFarlane. For the last 10 years, I've been in the juice bar business, running my own juice bars, as well as helping hundreds of entrepreneurs all around the world launch successful juice businesses. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to another episode and I am feeling great. Hope you guys are feeling awesome. Really excited to talk to you guys today about the top three marketing mistakes that most juice bar owners make. And for me, this is a always a special topic because I find that in my journey, I always knew that marketing was important and it's really one of those things that every single day that passes, I realize how important it is more and more and more, right? It's like just a flower that's unfolding that is revealing itself. And I think that in my journey, when I got started, I knew that it was important. I invested energy in it. I brought on a business partner who was really going to manage the marketing, which, you know, was helpful, but I didn't really understand what it took to market a business well. I didn't also understand the kind of really the economics around marketing and the right ways to think about marketing. And so hopefully this episode is going to reveal a lot to you guys in terms of the common sort of blind spots that a lot of new juice bar owners have when it comes to marketing and hopefully give you guys some sort of high-level strategies and uh, framing to approach your marketing with. So let's dive in. Now, the first mistake that I see a lot of new juice bar owners make and existing juice bar owners is that they don't market their businesses first. And what I mean by this is, is I oftentimes have conversations with people around their marketing and they'll say things like, when I have money, I'll invest in marketing, right? When I make money in the business, then the next thing I'm going to invest in is going to be my marketing. And when you hear someone say that, like when you're hearing me say that, it might seem so obvious, like that's just, that's not the way to approach it because first you have to market your business in order to make money. But when it comes down to people's finances and people building budgets out, marketing is oftentimes the last line item, right? I know it was the case for myself. It was it was a thing that if I had money left over, okay, let me invest it into marketing. But it was one of those things that I didn't prioritize. And I think a lot of times the reason brick and mortar businesses do this is because it is true that your location will do a lot of marketing for you. Right, a great location is really uh, just amazing at getting people into your business, but it's not going to do all the work for you. And so, um, depending on your your model, you are going to need to lean more, uh, you know, heavier on marketing more or less. Now, if you're great at marketing, your upside potential just continues to increase. Right. So, if you have a great location, let's assume and you don't market your business, yeah, maybe you'll be successful in the sense that you'll make money. But if you aren't marketing your business well, you don't really understand the lost potential that you're not um, 
absorbing and you're not uh, receiving because you're not marketing your business well. And so while sometimes, and I, I see this often, you know, there might be clients whose businesses are making $2,000 a day or $3,000 a day, but their upside potential could be something like $5,000 a day, right? But they never get to that point because they don't market their businesses appropriately or they don't, you know, invest in their branding or, you know, a lot of these other things that oftentimes seem very abstract to new and existing juice bar owners. So the first thing is, is they don't, you know, if I was to just kind of distill it is not putting your marketing first, right? Waiting for sales to come in order to market your business, which is really often like putting the cart before the horse. And, uh, you know, another analogy I've used is, as I talk to people, I used to teach yoga many, many, many years back. And people would tell me, well, I can't practice yoga because I'm not flexible. And I would say, well, that's the whole point. That's why you go to yoga class, because you have to practice in order to accomplish the thing that you are desiring to accomplish. It doesn't just come out of nowhere. And then you say, okay, now I'm ready to practice yoga in the same way that sales just don't appear out of nowhere. And then you're like, okay, now I've got money to invest in marketing. So put a budget together, have money to, you know, towards your marketing, and then marry that with obviously a good strategy because it's not enough just to throw money at marketing. You know, you have to know what you're doing. But I think just from a, a financial uh, uh, philosophical standpoint, I think it's important just to understand how to prioritize that. So that's the first mistake. What's the second thing what, that I see people do that I really think is a big mistake when it comes to marketing? And it's really that people don't understand the phases of marketing and therefore don't invest not just their money, but their energy and their strategies in the right phases of their marketing based on where their business is. And I'll break this down a little bit more. I oftentimes say that there's two primary phases of marketing uh, in most businesses, right? And so the first phase is what I call the saturation phase. This is where you get everybody's attention who is part of your target market uh, in this initial launch phase, right? So it might be grand opening period and it might be, you know, a month long period of time where you really put so much effort towards getting everybody's attention that is a potential customer in your local environment. Because you don't want people walking into your business six months down the line, a year down the line, a year and a half, which I had in my company and they would say, oh, I didn't even know you were here. I just live around the corner. And so what that means is that this is a year to a year and a half or two years that this person could have been a customer of mine, maybe visiting me a number of times per week that didn't because they didn't actually know my business existed, right? We were somehow out of their like line of sight or their awareness, or maybe their, you know, driving path to work or from work that they might've changed their routine a little bit, but people get stuck in their habits. And so, um, Think, I, when I think about how much money I lost from not investing in marketing based on all the people who didn't know that my business was there, it was so much more than what I would have spent in just putting enough money and energy and time towards an initial sat saturation campaign to get their attention. So the other reason that I find that people don't do this is because uh, we oftentimes think that we need to make money from any marketing campaign or effort on day one, right? When that's not the mentality to have, we need to be thinking about the long-term value. So if I do a campaign today and uh, it costs me $1,000, I shouldn't be thinking about even breaking even on that $1,000 that day one. 
Now, that would be great and it's fine, but oftentimes we, if we're having that intention, we don't create campaigns that are compelling enough to get customers in the door, right? We might do something and say, get 10% off your order because we're just too scared to give more to get people to try our product. And that doesn't really excite people to change their routine, right? People want, at the very least, 50% off of a product, but they probably want more than that. If you can tell someone that they, you know, can get a smoothie for a dollar or 50 cents, or, you know, they're going to be much more excited to come to your store and you've gotten a new customer. You know, what did it cost you to acquire that customer? Let's say, um, in terms of actual product cost, you know, two bucks plus the flyers and all that. So maybe each flyer is another dollar and, you know, maybe it was $4 to acquire the customer, but what is that customer's value in a month, in six months, in a year, in five years, right? It's a lot. It's a lot more than you spent. If you, you know, assuming, assuming that you've got a good product and you execute well in your business. So the long story short is that if you really invest in your saturation phase correctly, and yes, it is going to be an investment. That's, you know, the same way that we invest in our equipment and we invest in our build out. We invest in all these other things that don't pay themselves back day one. But for some reason, people think about their marketing that way. Like the, my marketing has to pay my pay itself back day one. And it's it, to me, I've just learned it's very short sighted. And, and I was, you know, kind of victim number one of this thinking and I've, I've grown wiser now. So think about that um, when it comes to your initial phase. Now, what's phase two of marketing? That is what I call the re-triggering phase. And this kind of goes on indefinitely, right? So it's not a phase that you outgrow. It's something that you will stay in for the life of your business. And so this is where you've saturated the market. You've gotten everybody who is interested in your product into the doors and you are figuring out ways and campaigns and strategies to re-trigger them to come back into your business. And there's so many ways to do this, right? It might be if you have glass bottles, having a glass bottle return policy where they get something in return for bringing bottles back. And so that's, that's a way to re-trigger them to come back into the store more often. It might be uh, you know, an email campaign that gets sent out regularly once they're on your email list that gets them back into the store. It could be you know, just your regular day-to-day -day Instagram marketing that's getting people back into the store because you're popping up in their feed and they're going, oh yeah, I remember I love that juice or I'm really excited. Let me go grab that on the way to work or from work. So this is a way that you re-trigger them to come into your store because there's really only three ways that any business makes money. Okay, the first way is by getting new customers. The second way is by getting existing, existing customers to come into your business more often. And then the third way is to get those existing customers to spend more money at your business. And so the re-triggering phase is hopefully going to get them to come back into your business more often and also spend more money because you're sharing you know, the value of your products and services and new services that you might have or cleanse campaigns or whatever it is. And so this is the second mistake is that oftentimes people don't understand the phases of marketing and therefore don't invest their time, energy, and attention towards executing on these phases appropriately. Now, what is the third biggest mistake, which also feels like a really big one to me because it's sort of another blind spot. It's like two blind spots um, having a meeting. And so uh, this is people who don't spend enough time on their brand and then spend more time marketing a poorly branded company. We've all seen it where we've been in situations that, um, you know, maybe we're at a place where we're going to be eating dinner with family or friends and we're looking around and we're saying, okay, where do we want to eat tonight? Do we want Chinese food? Do we want, you know, and I don't know if you guys eat Chinese food, but name the category of food that you're interested in eating. 
And then you, you hop online, you go on Google, you do a search, maybe you hop on Yelp, you look at some reviews, you go to their website, you go to their Instagram, you look at the photos of their food, and you're like, yeah, that looks really, really good. And we've also, in that process, seen companies where we look at their website and we're like, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. And then we go to their Instagram, we're like, oh, I don't know, the photos don't look so great. Let's skip it. And let's find somewhere that we trust more, that looks just more appealing to us. So we often make these kind of split decisions on where we're going to go, where we're going to order from based on the website of a company, based on also a lot of elements that the website will display. And that could be like, that could be things like the quality of the, the photos, the uniqueness and creativity in the website, how, how much, how, how high quality does it feel? And then we hop over to their Instagram and we go, oh, okay, there's a coherence and there's a consistency in the brand, right? There is something in the brand that makes me trust that company. And sometimes, and oftentimes, there are also companies that don't do this. And so what I find is there's so many juice business owners that don't put themselves in the mind of the consumer while we all are entrepreneurs and we all are consumers, sometimes for whatever reason, when we start a business, we just lose that vantage point, right? We like totally become blind to the perspective of the consumer and we don't realize how much money we're costing ourselves by marketing a poorly branded business, right? Where if your website doesn't look amazing and your photos aren't great, and I've seen a lot of people use stock photography for their products, which just makes your business look generic. And, and granted, I know in saying all of this, that some people have financial restrictions where they're really trying to do their best, but don't have the budgets to, to really invest in getting the branding done well and the you know, uh, photos done well and all of that. But uh, what I, what I want to emphasize in this and hopefully get you guys to, to absorb is that if you can somehow get the resources to put this together, well, it will pay itself back a thousandfold because there's so much money being lost that we don't see, which is kind of the other thing, right? It's like when you're losing money in your product cost because your, let's say your cost of goods is at 40%, you know what that is. It's very tangible, right? Because it's, you're selling a juice and then you know you're losing money on it, which is not great, but it's still a tangible loss. Whereas when you lose money through people who don't visit your store, you don't have any idea, right? Nobody comes to you and says, yeah, I was going to visit your business, but because you're, you know, the interior of your store isn't designed very well, or I didn't like the way your website looked, you don't have any idea. And so because of that, oftentimes we're not as motivated to make these changes where if you did know that, right, if someone, if, and, and it is happening is the point is that people are going to your website and they are going to your Instagram and they are not purchasing from you because of a poorly, if your business is poorly branded because of those reasons, but you just don't know it. And so because you don't know it, you're not motivated to make the right changes to upgrade your business and the experience um, that people have when they go to these places, you know, your website and your Instagram and everywhere else that they're kind of the touch points, because that's the first thing they see. And as much as you might have a great product, I often say that it's not the businesses with the best products that are the most successful. It's businesses with good products that are marketed and branded the best. So hopefully even just that statement inspires you guys to realize that in some ways and in many ways, that's, that's much more important. And a lot of times we spend so much money and energy on our product development, but no one will ever come to try and taste your product 
and they might be, and it's, it's funny too, because we might have this feeling there might be competitors around us and they're, they're doing better than we are maybe. Right. And we're like, yeah, but I know my juice is so much better or my, my, my smoothies are so much better. Like, why can't people just realize this? But the reason they don't realize it is because that other company might be branded better than your company or marketing itself better than your company. So you have to have everything together. You have to have the branding, the marketing, and the product, and the customer service in order to make sure that you're succeeding as much as you're capable of succeeding and not uh, losing an opportunity that you can't see because you haven't invested the time, energy, resources, creativity, and so forth in these areas. So that's number three. Uh, people not people marketing poorly branded companies because you can throw all the money in the world and all the strategies in the world and they can be great strategies, right? Like you can be great at marketing, but if your company is branded poorly, you're not going to convert, right? Marketing is the process of getting people's attention. Conversion, right? Converting people from, hey, now that I've got your attention, are you willing to invest? Is all branding, so I hope that clarifies things for you. And like I said before, if you guys need support with this and you, and you want to dive in to see how we can help you with your marketing and your branding, this is a service we provide for our clients. Reach out to me at andrew at strategyspar.com. Happy to talk about how we can help you. As always, wishing you guys a lot of success. We're here to create a world where there are more juice bars and healthy cafes than unhealthy fast food service businesses because... The only way humanity is going to get healthy is by having access and also the knowledge and being empowered as to what they can do to improve their health. So we got to empower all of you guys with the strategies that are going to make you guys as successful as possible so you can really usher in this world. Until next time, this is Andrew McFarlane with the Juice Bar Experts podcast and startajuicebar.com. I'll see you guys at the next episode. Mm-hmm.